Happy Mother's Day, Springs. My name is Peter, and I serve on the team of elders that, well, a team of elders that's preaching today. Now, before we go to the high worship of listening to God's word together, I want to remind you that everything that we do as a church, you can find on a simple link on our homepage, thespringstx.org. And let me update you on two quick things regarding our summer discipleship kind of reintegration plan. Uh, Number one is about growth groups. Our Zoom prayer groups ended this week, and our elders have been vigilantly and prayerfully planning what comes next. We're going to continue to assess everything coming from government officials and medical experts and assess everything. Our plan, though, is to slowly begin phasing back into in-person gatherings really soon. Now, for now, our Sunday services are going to continue to look like this, namely online. But our reintegration to in-person gatherings is going to happen in our growth groups. Starting the last week of this month, we're going to hold weekly growth groups with men's and women's groups offered here at the church as well as through Zoom. So in addition to our Zoom growth groups options. Next week, we'll share a lot more details about exactly how we are facilitating safe gatherings here at the church as well as when they'll be, and most importantly, which I'm most excited about, what we envision God doing in our midst this summer. Now, for you to not miss out on any of this, make sure that you're signed up for our emails, which you can do by going to our homepage, the the link that we just shared. Now, our emails also have a link for the next thing that I want to announce, and that is Establish 101 that starts next week. Now, if you haven't completed this class, This is your next step in the discipleship process alongside us. We'll cover and establish 101. Number one, why the gospel makes us a family. Number two, who we are as a church family here at the Springs. And number three, how we can grow together as a family. Now this round of Establish 101 will be over Zoom, two consecutive Sundays, next Sunday the 17th and also the 24th, after church from noon to 1. Uh, And so for the link to that, also, that's on our email. So you got to be signed up for that. Now today, we're going to team preach a special sermon entitled, Because Mom. Our elders will each show you one element of the heart of God, the Father, as displayed in the life of Jesus' mother, Mary, in the first two chapters of the Gospel of Luke. Now the heart of our message is that I know the Father Because mom. And Dr. Thaddeus will kick us off. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Thaddeus Evan Brown. And today I want to celebrate that I know the father because mom gave. Just as Jesus' mom, Mary, treasured up all the things in her heart that was spoken about her son, we want every mom to know that you are treasured in our hearts. We honor you today. We also honor and acknowledge those who suffered the heartache of losing a child, those who have cared for other children as their own, those who long to be moms but have been unable, and those who maybe don't have a good relationship with their mom at all. We pray the Father would comfort you today. We really see the truth of giving oneself displayed here in Luke. Luke chapter 1, verse 39 and 40 and verse 56. It reads, In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, 
and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And Mary remained <clears throat> with her about three months and returned to her home. Though these verses at first glance may appear to be mere details in the story, if we take a closer look, I believe that we're able to glean more about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Shortly after receiving the good news from the angel Gabriel of God's plan for her son and the good news of Elizabeth's pregnancy, who was previously barren, Mary arose and went with haste from the town of Nazareth to Judah to visit her cousin. Though going in haste probably looked different in those days, I'm sure it's safe to say that Mary decided to put her life on pause so that she could spend time with Elizabeth in her third trimester. Not only did Mary make this journey, but she remained with Elizabeth for three months before making the long trip back home. The three months that she was there was during the third trimester, which some say is the hardest. And I agree, that, that's real. My, my wife recently had a baby and all my respect for mamas is through the roof right now. I appreciate y'all. The scripture makes no mention of this, but I imagine that during Mary's time there, she cooked, she cleaned, she ran errands, and maybe even found some strange foods that Elizabeth craved to keep her nice and comfortable. Mary also made the journey again to Judah a little over a month after giving birth to Jesus so she could dedicate him to God. At Mary's core, she was a giver, just like our father. Now, similar to Mary, my mom, Sonia Brown, is all for long walks and journeys. She also generously gave. She would often give me the option to be left on the side of the road or in whatever parking lot we were currently sitting in if I kept choosing to not act right. And she would also give me the option to walk home. I remember watching her car zoom down a long dirt road as she drove off as I was pouting outside of my babysitter's house. But thankfully, she stopped when she saw me running after the car. I love you, Mama. Seriously, though, I know the father because Mom gave so generously. To help pay for my college, she would come up to my high school on nearly a weekly basis during my senior year to fill out scholarship applications, and then she just bring them home and say, hey, write the essay. I praise God I was able to graduate debt-free. Like Mary, my mom presented me and dedicated me as a baby to the Lord. She had me in church every Sunday, my whole life, giving me ample opportunities to meet Jesus and the Father and teaching me how to give to others. My mom, she had always dreamed of being in the FBI someday. When I was little, the opportunity presented itself for her to pursue this dream. She sat down with her dad one day as she wrestled with what it would look like to raise a baby boy and maybe, and maybe less available for him. My papa told her that <clears throat> he and my grandmother would raise me, but if she wanted me to know her, then she should reconsider this job. She turned down that job. And I know the father because my mom has showed me a glimpse of what it means for the heavenly father to give himself for his children. The way that Mary and my mom gave of themselves and their time, it shows us a thing or two about the father now, doesn't it? Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? 
Think of everything that you've ever wanted or asked for, but the best versions of those things. But keep in mind, when we pray, J.I. Packer says, sometimes we ask for the wrong thing. In spite of our wrong asking, our Father never fails to give us exactly what we need. Picture a young child waking on Christmas morning and learning that he gets to spend eternity in perfect relationship with the Father. And then he learns that he gets to open every gift under the tree, which is the best version of any gift that he could ever hope for. And additionally, he receives things that he didn't even know that he wanted. Let's not also forget to mention God's love that has been poured into his heart through the Holy Spirit who has also been given to us. This is what our Father offers us. This is what he gave and what he gives us. I know the Father because Mom gave. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Jess Stevens. Today, I want to celebrate that I know the Father because Mom trusted. We really see this truth displayed here in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of this kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is what's called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Some say at this time in history, Nazareth, was a small town with a population of 100 people. I grew up on a farm in West Texas, and I graduated high school with a class of 16. Even though it was a different time, I can only imagine how the dynamics of a small community added to this story. Here was Mary, a teenager, a woman, that God had bestowed much grace. As Gabriel said, she had found favor with God. And then it got interesting. Gabriel then told her, she would conceive and have a son born to her who would not just be her son but would be the son of the most high i believe it would be safe to say at this point in her life mary trusted god and it would probably be easy for those of us living a couple thousand years later to say man what an opportunity this was for mary but we would be saying that from a place that knows how the story went I can only imagine all the thoughts and the fears that jumped into Mary's mind. What will Joseph say? Will he leave me? What will the community think of me? Will they judge me? 
what will my family do? Will they not want to love me? Even more so, what will happen to me? Will my dreams of marriage, my dreams of motherhood, my dreams of life, will they be lost? In what appears to be a short moment of contemplation, Mary says the equivalent of, not my will, but his be done. At that moment, Mary went from trusting in God to trusting God's plan. It may sound like one small step for us as Christians to go from trusting in him to trusting his plan. However, I believe it's a giant leap that gives us an opportunity to experience miracles and wonders and to be freed from our self-reliance and our selfish expectations. My mom, Pat Stevens, is a most generous and loving woman that I realize even more now than ever is much like Mary. Throughout her life, there have been moments where the circumstances were not as she may have expected or, or even desired, including losing her father as a teenager and losing her sister in her 40s. But nonetheless, she has continuously taken the leap from trusting God to trusting God's plan in each of those seasons. After bringing my younger sister and I into this world, she was pregnant with my younger brother, Matthew Craig. Through complications in the delivery, my brother had the oxygen cut off to his brain, which resulted in very complicated mental retardation and physical handicaps. I couldn't begin to tell you all the sacrifices my mom and dad have made to make sure my brother was not ever seen as a burden, and even more so how my mom's trust in God's plan has allowed me and many others to experience God's unconditional love and joy through Matthew Craig. My brother is now 37 years old and spends at least every other weekend with my parents. I'm sure as a young newlywed, this would not have been part of my mom's plan. But I know she wouldn't trade it for anything else. This past week as I was there visiting, I watched my 200-pound brother lay on the couch and put his head in my mom's lap. All I could think about was how grateful I was that my mother trusted God's plan. And much like all of us who have experienced so much because Mary trusted God's plan, I know the Father because Mom trusted. What a profound privilege to serve on this team. Thank you, man. Finally, number three, I know the Father because Mom received. Now we really see this truth displayed here at the end of Luke chapter 2 where there's a peculiar encounter here with a man named Simeon. Now Mary and Joseph take the baby Jesus to the temple to be dedicated and there they find Simeon who had been told by God that before his death he would see the Messiah and his family and he waited there at the temple and sure enough The promise of God is shown to him and he sees Jesus and he knew by word of wisdom, word of knowledge that this is the Messiah and he blesses baby Jesus. Verse 33, and his father and his mother, stepfather and his mother of Jesus marveled at what was said about him, Jesus. Verse 34, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, 
and a sword will pierce through your own soul as well, so that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now this had to be a difficult turn in the blessing for Mary indeed. In the days and the months that were leading up to this moment, we see the character of God displayed in Mary in how she believed, in how she trusted, even risked her life to obey God, in how she gave, even of her own life. But this moment in receiving a word from Simeon sets in motion the way that Mary is to receive from God from here on out. No doubt she will serve. She'll serve as the very mother of the Son of God. Yes, that's, that's an amazing thing to think about. But ultimately, Mary will have to learn what it means to serve God, not to meet some sort of need that God has, but serving out of what she receives. Have you ever struggled to process this truth? That God delights in your faith and in your service to Him, but He doesn't need you? If you're like me, and like I think Mary here, coming to understand this truth is a rocky road that involves many painful reminders. In fact, that's why I think Simeon even prophesies that a sword will pierce her own soul. And just how would a sword pierce her soul? You know, perhaps it was when Jesus was a young boy, and he, uh, remember that time, he, he begins to impromptu teach in the temple and Mary and Joseph even are days into their journey back to Nazareth from Jerusalem before they realize wait Jesus is missing he had been back in the temple Uh, perhaps the piercing of the soul happened years later leading up to that wedding in Cana that we read about in the book of John where Mary had waited to see the the public ministry of Jesus revealed and, and was waiting on the timing of God's promise which involved the rearrangement of her own expectations about it, which kind of happens to us too, does it not? Or perhaps the piercing of her soul was when Jesus actually did begin his public ministry, but it wasn't the way she thought it would go down. See, we we see Jesus' younger brothers go with Mary to really confront Jesus about how he was conducting his public ministry, and Jesus didn't let that dissuade him from what he felt called to do. Now, are any of these things relatable to you? You know, waiting on God's timing when it's different than your timing? Hello, that's me. Uh, or when the, when the provision actually comes about, receiving it even though it looks different than you expected? Man, that's painfully relatable to me. So you can imagine why the words piercing of her soul might make sense in context. See, either way... Mary, the rest of her life, was left in this dependent place time and time again where all she could do was receive. It had to feel helpless at times, but it was necessary for her as it is for you and for me to be dependent on God. If we're truly to to wait on God, receiving Him as Lord instead of serving Him as some sort of beneficiary of our labor and service. I grew up in a home with a mother who worked and served and labored to love and provide for all of our needs and so much more. She truly was like a superwoman to me, going from 
a meeting at our school to all of her home health physical therapy all over town, then to our baseball games, then back to cooking dinner for us, and then rinse and repeat day after day. And I took so much for granted of her serving as I grew up. But what I love all the more is in recent years, especially, watching my mother, who turns 70 this July, watching her receive, watching her replenish and rest, which she's really learning to do recently, learning ever so slowly. Now for Mary, the ultimate moment of receiving came as her oldest son, Jesus, was dying on a cross. Imagine a mother having to bear witness to that scene. And consider the beautiful irony that this worst thing that happened to this mom would actually become the best thing that she would ever receive. And remember what Jesus did in that moment. As he hung on the cross, willingly sacrificing his perfect life to pay the penalty for our, our wrath and our death that we deserved in our sinful lives, as he hung in the excruciating pain pulsating through his body, he was in this moment thinking about mom. He was looking down from the cross compassionately at his mother Mary and looking to her side, his young disciple John. And he would, when, when words would, would rarely be spoken by people suffocating on a cross, he'd pull himself up on a nail and he said, Behold, your mother, in John 19. This was a directive to John to care for Mary, but also implicitly a directive to his mother to receive care from John. Now, as we know, think about it, Mary at this time had three other sons at this point. So the custom would be for those other sons to care for Mary when the oldest son died. But see, Jesus knew that for Mary, faith in Jesus was the most essential thing for her to receive in that moment. More important than any bond leading up to, to, to that moment, any other bond that she had. So no longer was her blood in Jesus the most essential familial connection for her. But from that point on, his blood over her. Ponder this glorious mystery for a moment. This was the moment at the cross where Mary would receive in the deepest way possible. Standing there below the cross, Mary would receive salvation from her son and be welcomed into eternal life by the one she welcomed into the earth just decades before. She had brought Jesus into her family years before this, but Jesus here hanging on a cross is bringing her into God's family forever. And she was just supposed to simply stand in awe and painfully, willingly receive the bloody welcome from her dying son. See, every mom needs her sins forgiven by her children. But this mom is receiving the full cancellation of all of her sin by her son, by the son of God. And as she looked up at the cross, I, 
I think she received a revelation that transformed her from being the mother of Jesus to being the disciple of Jesus forever. And in this moment of pain and of turmoil, Jesus went from being her son to being her savior. Mothers, fathers, sons and daughters, can you stand amidst your own suffering and your own need? And can you lift up your eyes to the cross? Can you look upon Jesus, the Son, as the one who ultimately came to give so that you would learn to, above all else, receive from him forever and ever and ever? Because listen, your level of effectiveness as a mother, as a father, as a leader, as a servant, and indeed as the highest role you can ever play in life, and that is as a disciple, a follower of Jesus, your effectiveness is dependent on your ability to forever receive. If you're to give away and love others and pour out on them, you cannot give without first receiving. Receive forgiveness of your debt of sin and death, which only Jesus can give to you. Receive comfort and peace and joy from the Holy Spirit, which he sent to seal in you. Receive provision from the Father, who knows how to give in ways that work and the economy can never give. Receive God and all of God and turn and run away from receiving any, anything less than all he has to give to you. I know the Father because Mom received. Would you pray with me? Father, help us to receive all that you have by revelation of understanding who, the, who you are. And if we have you, we lack nothing. Guide us in our imperfections. The Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. Help us to receive all that you are, to trust you, to, to know that you gave so that we can give in overflow. Be glorified in us. Amen. Church, I want to remind you to continue to walking, walking out life with us. Even right now, would you join us in the Zoom lobby? The link for joining us is in the description below. Join us right now. We're going to be hanging out for 30 or 40 minutes, just talking and chatting and praying. We don't want to miss it.